You are listening to the Amen Corner, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. For more information about the Amen Corner, please follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and all your other favorite social media. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 12 of the Amen Corner. I'm Brad Rothschild. And I'm Stephen Cook. Yes, you are, Stephen (laughs) Cook. (laughs) And this is Episode 12 of the third season, the historic third season of the Amen Corner. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But also, um, you know, now the Amen Corner, thanks to uh, my friend Daron, is part of the Jcast Network. Woohoo! Jcast Network. The that, Jcast is that Network. The, like, is that like the Jewcast? Uh, I'm not saying it is, but I'm not saying it isn't. <laughs> like his name is Daron. He sounds like he's from Richon Litzion. He's from is from New York Litzion. <laughs> um, this is this is a big deal for uh, for our podcast because. Um, it puts us on some new platforms and helps us expand our user base. And so where are we now? Here is so no like more SoundCloud. Spotify. No more SoundCloud because SoundCloud, SoundCloud. SoundCloud is bullshit. Bullshit. We hate SoundCloud is, now. Well, we don't hate it. All right. We don't love it. All right. So what are we but on we now? Love, but we love Spotify because we love Spotify. We love iTunes. iTunes. We've always, we've always been on iTunes. Yeah. Um, Google Play. Google Play. There's some other platforms so you can find us if you just look. Uh, so I mean, it's how a big many deal. people? I mean, people already know because we're the conscience of the nation. This is that is uh, true. That is, is true. Really, but now this is giving we're going this is global, giving us, baby. This is giving us the opportunity to have a global impact. <laughs> <laughs> we have a global footprint now. I mean, in addition to the fact that we have listeners. In places as far flung as Italy, Israel, Russia. Uh, we had Beijing. In the Far East as but, well, uh, we had Beijing. Yeah, now he lives in San Francisco, so it's not that It's not that cool. But whatever. That San Francisco's cool, man. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, it's not as cool as saying, yeah, we have listeners in Beijing. Kind of we thing. got listeners in Atlanta, Georgia. We have got listeners all over. All, Chicago and the Chicago land area. I love when people say the Chicago yeah, land what is that? area. You know what I hate? Just, I hate you? when people say Chai Town. Chai Town. Chai Town. Does that make you angry? It does. Does that make you angry? It doesn't make me I like, angry. I like the entire Chicago land area because <laughs> it makes it sound like, like what's Chicago land? It's not like Disneyland? <laughs> oh. oh my God. Only, only with deep dish pizza? Uh, and Stan's Donuts. Stan Makita. Stan's Donuts, man. The chocolate peanut butter donut is something oh. to be experienced. I have you ever seen. had deep dish pizza? Not in Chicago. I have had really? Chica- I've had Uno's. <laughs> is that is that real Chicago pizza? Is is Elio's frozen pizza <laughs> real pizza? <laughs> it's like my parents. They'd go out on like a Saturday night when I was a kid, and my mom would just be like, "Here's the frozen pizza." Take care of yourselves. <laughs> Chicago <laughs> pizza, Chicago pizza, and like, Uno's not notwithstanding. You know how good. lazy that was. I oh, mean, there was a the really good pizza? pizza place like 
five minutes away. She couldn't like go out. Like they couldn't. She couldn't send my father to Joe's Minetto Hill Pizza. She gave Maybe. us Elios. Maybe you just weren't important enough. Jeez. Now that I think about it, I'm outraged. As soon as we're done recording, I'm calling Iris. I'm like, why did you give me Elios? There was good pizza. You lazy mother. This is more therapy. More therapy. I want to say, when we were kids, Elios pizza was fine. You know what was was disgusting? Please. That French bread pizza. Oh, Stouffer's French 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 bread pizza. Nasty. That was I can nasty honestly business. say, I can honestly say, never had it. No, because my mom was like, never I think she was like trying to switch it. it up, and she's like, "Oh, I didn't get Elio's this time. I got Stouffer's French bread pizza." I, you know what? I generally defend your mother. Yeah. However, you grew up on Long Island. I grew up in New Jersey. There was no good lack pizza. of pizza, good really good pizza in in either one of our areas. I know. So there's almost never an excuse. Never an excuse for, for frozen, frozen pizza. pizza. Can I tell you what there is literally never an excuse for? What? If you live in New York City yes. and you order Domino's oh. or Papa John's, oh my you should have your you should have your head punched. Yeah, when we lived when we lived in the city, I got in the elevator one day and some dude is holding a Domino's. He hadn't even he hadn't even had it delivered. He like picked it up at the Domino's. Oh, he he couldn't wait for the 30 minute delivery. He had to <laughs> I mean, run down to get it himself. At, I was like, dude, there's a pizza place on 88th. And Lex, we're in an 87th and 3rd. What the hell is the matter with you? Well, what was the matter with him? His excuse was, was, he, his excuse was, was that it was St. Patrick's Day and he had been drunk since 9.30 in the morning. No what? excuse. No. Sorry. I'm not buying that. Oh, my God. Dude, that's like being a tourist in New York City and going to the Olive Garden in Times Square. I had Square. that experience. So I was on Wait. the train – Coming uh-huh. back from New York. Yeah. And I find myself – this is actually – this is 15 years ago. I'm on the train going – coming back from Justin's Briss, my nephew's Briss. I stayed a couple mm-hmm. extra days to do stuff. Lauren was already back in D.C. And I get on were the you train. Carrying, were you carrying the foreskin with you? I was not. I didn't I – didn't, okay. I don't think they saved it. But maybe okay. – I don't know. Maybe it's in Justin's room. Anyway. So I'm sitting across from these two women on the train. I'm reading, whatever. Anyway, you know, we get to talking. We're in like one of those four where you're like facing each other. Yeah. And it turns out they're from, you know, Virginia and they came up to New York to, uh, you know, see some shows and whatever. And I was like, oh, you know, did you guys eat any place special? And they kind of look at each other and they said, we went to the Olive Garden in Times Square. Oh my god! I was like, it's a city full of Italian restaurants. What the expensive? hell for? Not expensive. You could have had anything. Could have had a slice. Could have had ninety nine wow. cent giant slice. You could have even had a ninety nine cent slice. Did they explain why? Did it just make them feel comfortable? Because that's exactly what they said. Home? That's exactly what they said. Yeah. And that's why they opened one in Times Square because tourists, when they come here, it's a big, scary city, and the choices are overwhelming. So of, we're going to put a, a Bubba Gump people. shrimp. We're going to put a Bubba Gump shrimp company. It's brown people. <laughs> there, are, there are there are dark <gasps> They're people. Muslims. There are, there are some there are Semitic people here. There are Muslims in New York. And so we're gonna we're gonna have a Bubba Gump shrimp, and we're gonna have an Olive Garden, just so you can feel. Safe and secure. 
You know what I don't feel safe and secure about? Tell me. Facebook. Facebook. I'm yeah, you I'm know, deeply we, and profoundly and, ambivalent about Facebook these days, especially Sheryl Sandberg. She pisses. Well, there's me nothing off. to be ambivalent. There's nothing no, no, no. to be ambivalent right. about, I'm about Facebook. I can't stand Sheryl Sandberg, and I couldn't stand yeah. Sheryl Sandberg when her book, first book, Lean In, came out. She's Lean like a fake in. feminist. Lean in. Lean in. This is a woman who has benefited from every advantage from being the being the the darling of very powerful men who have advanced her career. She's kind of like the perfect product of the Clinton era where you didn't have any real core beliefs. It was just about your self advancement and right. as the famous quote from President Clinton preserving your political viability. That's what Sheryl Sandberg has all been about. And you know what's fantastic? That's her MO. It, it, it's total, her total MO. That, and that's all her MO. the bullshit is coming out now. All the bullshit is coming out so now. So she's, she's a profoundly amoral business person just whose sole allegiance is – actually, she has dual allegiances to herself right. and to her bottom line. Right. Right. Which reinforce one another. This but, whole thing with Soros, the oppo research on Soros. So for anybody who doesn't know, go. Stephen, maybe you could, you know, tell fill, the story. fill people in. I can't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to freak out. So you got to tell it. You got to tell it. You got to well, tell it. Well, just briefly, there was a huge piece in the New York Times, what, like a week ago? A week or two ago. About, yeah. what's that? It was like two weeks, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Exposing... All of the shenanigans, or as my friend Tamar likes to say, the shit nanigans going on <laughs> at, Tamar. At, at, at Facebook, while uh, the company was fully aware that the information that we voluntarily gave to them, our own personal information, was being packaged and sold to some bad hombres, and their platform was being hijacked for nefarious purposes. And they let it happen because they were getting paid. And when people criticized them, uh, ooh, like George then, Soros, who at a World Economic Forum meeting <laughs> called it, what did he call it? A danger to democracy. A danger to democracy. They called launched, it rightfully so. They launched this effort this campaign. to discredit yeah. him. Uh, to look into personally, his finances, to, to look into to his financial backing of groups personally. that didn't like Facebook. Yeah. This and, is and, like. And using these anti Semitic dog whistles that other uh, organizations and other right wing and racist groups and anti Semitic groups have used against George Soros, they're trafficking in these same stereotypes to protect their. And then brand. they turned around and went to the Anti Defamation League. Right, while at the same time screaming about anti-Semitic criticisms of Facebook. <laughs> because she's Jewish and Zuckerberg's Jewish and Elliot Schrag is Jewish. So I mean, unbelievable. Are, and she must know this Jonathan Greenblatt dude from the ADL, from like Democratic Party bigwig circles. She must. Well, you know, the elites all know each other. Yeah, it's all it's totally <laughs> incestuous. So, so then, so this all comes out and then... The thing that really – again, I find her to be – she has nothing – she has nothing to say to women who are not in her bazillionaire category. 
Well, who there's nothing relevant to say to the to, benefited to from all of the advantages in the world. She yeah. doesn't even have any, she's of course she has nothing to say to working class women, but I don't even think she has much to say to middle class and upper middle class women, college educated women. I just don't think she she does at all have this. And so she's full of shit from the get-go. But then in response <clears throat> to all of this coming out, she says, Oh, I didn't know anything about this firm that we hired to smear George Soros. Which is a lie. A lie. Then she says, well, Oh, well, it's work past my desk, but it was commingled with other things, so I didn't really uh-huh. know. And then and then when Schrag, who was leaving, was yeah. leaving, sent uh, a memo or a, a post to employees that was basically kind of like a fuck you to Sheryl Sandberg. Yeah. Her story changed yet again. But then at the end of her own statement, she says, I'm Jewish and this is terrible and it's an important part of my identity. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. If she was self-righteous nonsense, if if that was really a core part of her identity, she would not have been engaging in the smearing of George Soros. Even if George Soros was a big enemy of Facebook, she should have known, and especially if being Jewish was a core part of her identity. Right, if she's so sensitive, this was so to, toxic, to especially at this moment. Yeah. Give me a break! So, what nonsense! So, so here's the here's the quandary, and okay. you and I have discussed this offline many times over the years. Look, let's let's face facts. We are both Facebook users. Somebody, Somebody say might abusers. even say heavy <laughs> Facebook users slash abusers. <laughs> we, we both, uh, and there is a tremendous about, amount of value that we have both gotten from Facebook. We have reconnected with people from all right. of all parts of our lives. People who we would have lost completely had it, school, had it not been from, from Facebook. Think about when you and I graduated. Yeah, when you and I graduated college, if you didn't have your friends' parents home, phone number, and address. You had no way right. of staying in touch with them. Right. In that in that period when you're after school and you're doing whatever you're doing next, it's your first job or it's grad school, you, you, you lost needed, touch with right, people. Right. There was no way other than your 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 little black book, your phone book, you know, how would you be able to know where your friends were? Right. I lost touch with a housemate. We, lost we were touch. very, very close. Yeah. We lost touch with because he lots moved, of people from our lives. I moved to Israel. His parents yeah. then moved in between the time that I was in Israel and came back. And then I you, had no way of reaching him. And then 10 years ago, Facebook took off and more and more people started to join. And all of a sudden, you found yourself reconnecting with people from every part of your life. It's and awesome. It is That's awesome. That's the part that's great. Now, like, yeah, it is great. We keep up with friends. We don't have necessarily conversations every day with people, but we still know what's going on but, in their lives. Right. We see the pictures of their kids growing up. Right. We hear about their careers. We hear about their their problems and their successes and their failures. And we are still connected with people. And that is what this is supposed to be. Right. And except that's what's great about it. That's that, what's great about it. Except for yeah. the fact that it's free. That, and if it's on the Internet and it's free... You're the product. So the bottom line is... And they're selling our data. Our data. They're mining our most personal information 
and they're monetizing it. It's and they're making a shit ton of money. The thing about it is great. <laughs> you, you you articulated it perfectly. Look, in the last five years, having connected with tons, reconnected with friends from high school yeah. and elementary school, it made going to my thirtieth high school reunion that much more fun. Like I knew yeah. what was happening in people's lives instead of that right. awkward ten minute conversation. I knew what exactly. was going on with their kids, and we it was. It was fantastic, but then you realize that you're the product and you have implicitly given your consent by agreeing because you want to be able to connect with your friends because you want to see what friends from the past are doing. Like, look, if it's your close friends, you're always going to be connected. But the fact that you can reconnect with people from high school or people that you worked with 20 years ago or – Friends from college. That's that's the best. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. Let's face it. It's great. That's why people use it. That's why people find utility in it. It's right. it's a good. However, there is, like you said, that cost because it's free and nothing in this world is free. So we have basically given over all of our information and a lot of bad things have happened with the information. Yeah. So, so here we are, we're stuck in, with this profound ambivalence, as you called it. What do we do? I don't know. I mean, on the, on the one hand, we're on it. You know, we, we use it to promote our articles, our podcasts, right. our, you know, whatever it is that we're doing in life. You know, when your book comes out, when my movies right. come out, like that's where we're talking about it. And that's where we're trying to gain interest for it. And, you know, those are good things. But what? But at so what's some the solution? Point, I, at some point, we may hit this this time where we say we can't do this anymore. I, I, I you know what? It's I haven't done anything about it yet. I have a few friends who've who've gotten up, but I haven't done anything about it because I feel like my life is enriched by being in contact with a lot. Because of right now people. the cost is too high. Right, but but then and I don't have a clear idea yet or ever right. how I've been exploited by this because it is a lot of fun. And, you know, we've talked about it, you know, couldn't there be another platform that yeah. would people be willing to pay a subscription rate? Five dollars a month. Five bucks? Five bucks, three fifty. And what happens? Oh, no, I, I think three fifty is – I think five is probably the price point because right. like you start talking about like three fifty and the right, like, right, right, I think right. that's too low. Right. There's this there's this fine line between being too low so that people think there's no value to right. it. Right, that's true. And being too expensive that people can't afford it. Right. And I think that five bucks a month is probably in, in that sweet spot. Not for everybody obviously right. and there will always be people who say, I can't afford that. Right. And – so what do we do? Do we create like this two-tier Facebook? So if you can afford not to have your uh, your data plundered, then but it, you know you pay five bucks a month right. and they can't touch your stuff. Right. I don't know. But you I'm even gonna trust guess the that company? That's, I'm going to guess that that's probably the next as as Facebook right. confronts more and more criticism. <laughs> they're yeah. going to do that. So they'll have the okay, free part. But, so they're going to make money doubling. But do you trust them? No, no that they I don't trust them at all. Data? They're full of they crap. Have a bad, they, they have, have a lied bad track over record. and over and over again. Yeah, their track record is piss poor. I was, so um, how are we to trust them? Are we to trust them because 
you know, Zuckerberg gets up and says, like, I'm a good person and I've given a lot Which of money to charity. Which is so not a good person. I, I mean, mean, I realize he's not a good we person. We were just crashing on Sheryl Sandberg. Yeah. I get the sense Sheryl Sandberg, although she's amoral, slipping into immorality, <laughs> may not have always been this way. I mean, I think she's always been kind of an operator and someone who yeah. I would not really like very much. <laughs> but he I, – I read that long New Yorker profile of him. Uh, uh, he has no soul. Well, he has no I mean, soul whatsoever. You know, he he invented or just you know whatever stole Facebook when he was in college at like the age of nineteen. He's never worked anywhere or for anyone. Right. He's always been this you know and, gifted you know fragile genius who now can, controls the world. This is <laughs> what's weird. Is what was weird about that piece is is that even in the piece there were people who were saying. You know, Mark's not really like the way he's portrayed in the media and so on and so forth. So here was like this perfect opportunity for him to smash those myths, to demonstrate that he had a soul, that he was human. And he just reinforced all of the terrible things that that people have been saying and writing about him. Yeah. And no matter how much you give to charity, you can't mask the fact that you're not a good person. So the bottom line is, is that... And this is feeding my, my my profound ambivalence about this is that who could trust these people yet, you know, I don't know. I think you're right. I mean, there's going to be this situation where people are going to feel like they can't afford the 60 bucks a year or on principle don't want to do it and you lose a certain aspect of it. I guess people are going to have to decide what level of exploitation right. they're willing to live with. I'm not sure yeah. at this point. I mean, I, I'm not sure that I'm willing to live with it for very really? much longer. Think, I don't know. You think, you think you're going to I go get back off and forth. It? I go back and forth here's daily. Here's the thing, though. Daily. I go back and forth, too, but here's the thing. So, obviously, most people in the world, just like with anything else, are either not informed enough or don't care enough, right. and they're not going to do anything. And that's what Facebook is banking on. Right, they're banking on the fact that seventy-five to ninety-five percent of their user base is just going to shrug its shoulders and say, "Like, all right, that's you know, whatever. I don't know what's going on. I'm not really paying that close attention." But then, what if there is this core of five to fifteen percent of heavy users who are actually informed, who say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna either force the company to change its behavior, or I'm getting off." And that's really the only company to change its behavior. You vote, you vote with your feet, right? You get off. So if you're you're sacrificing the things that we discussed just before, uh, the the good things, you know, you know what? I can't live live without without my friend Herb's pictures of his dog daily. (laughs) I hear you, but sacrifice actually amazing. Sacrifice requires pain in some way you have to it's not a sacrifice if you get rid of something that doesn't mean anything to you and you and i had this discussion you know last year when uh sirius xm radio hired steve bannon and i'm like i'm getting rid of sirius xm radio because you know even though i like the bruce springsteen channel and i like a lot of the other content i'm not willing to pay his salary and you know there was a big thing like well i really like it it's like i really like it too but right. that's why it's called a sacrifice because you're giving up something that you really like. But I mean, this is a much to me. This is a much bigger sacrifice yeah. than giving yes. up serious yeah. XM radio. Because you could always, you could always, you could always fire up 
you know, the Springsteen channel on Pandora or Amazon. Which exactly. also exploits or Spotify, your, I mean, Spotify. Or you can just right. listen to your own CDs. But I there's, mean, I mean, what are you going to do? Go to MySpace? <laughs> the, the abandoned amusement park of the internet? Yeah. I'm on MySpace now, so if you want to connect with me, let's just hang out in MySpace. <laughs> Does it still Says exist? Says nobody in the last 10 years ever. Does it still exist? I don't know. I wouldn't know. Anyway, I would not know. No, I just I'm I'm I go back and forth on this, and there's such terrible, terrible people. Yeah, um, I mean, the I two of it. them. The whole company. And then is a culture. I was driving home They've the other day. A bad culture. I, I was driving home the other day, and I was listening to this kind of interparliamentary panel that was convened in Europe, uh-huh. and they were interviewing the head of policy or something, some British politician. Were you trying hired. to fall asleep while driving? What? Were you trying to fall asleep <laughs> while you were driving? Yeah, like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, I, 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 I toggle back between NPR and when and it gets ben to be, when it's like too much <laughs> NPR. I, exactly. I got Van Halen one in the CD player right now. And, and I you start always... slamming your head against the windshield <laughs> to make sure that you're still alive. So yeah. like when it becomes like too NPR, too much like kale salad and I do want stuff. I'm like, ah, no, I need to listen to, you know, whatever right. the devil. Anyway, yeah, so I was listening to this and, you know, this guy's the head of policy and they're asking him questions. The audio that they specifically, um, that went with this, this package was, uh, a Canadian parliamentarian questioning this guy very, very closely. The Canadian parliamentarian clearly had done his homework yeah. and this guy, just deflected. Oh, we're hiring people. Oh, we're aware of that there's a problem, They're but it's politicians. not really our platform is being exploited. We're as outraged as everyone yeah. else. We're blah, as blah, outraged blah. as you are. Yeah. Pull this leg and it plays jingle bells. Exactly. They're politicians and they're hiring lobbyists and they're no different than any other interest group that's out there trying to obfuscate and hide from the truth, which is they've done some bad, bad Bad things. things. I mean, this is late stage capitalism at its its finest Uh right here. So there's been a few people who posted, who've actually posted on Facebook, say, I'm I'm actually weighing whether I'm going to stick with it, and I'll probably make a decision by by New Year's. So so what do you do? What are you going to do, if people? I, and that's really the only thing. Here's when you stop using it. When enough of the people who you like right. stop using right. it, then you start to say, "Why am I even here anymore?" Because there's no nobody one else here. Is using it. But who I, would I like, who right. I want to connect with. So how do you? Because it takes a lot of work to do it. To, con- to, to maintain, maintain connected to, to a lot of those, those people if you're known to have yeah. Facebook. Exactly. What are you supposed to do? Text pictures of your kids to 1,500 of your friends all at once? Like, <laughs> right. That's not going to happen. You have 1,500 friends on Facebook? No, I think I have like 1,000. 1,100 maybe. What? Wow. You're like You've got to have around that. No. I'm very judicious. Really? You're like a Facebook Yeah, but slug. you have like 30,000 Twitter followers. No, 80,000 I think by now. Mm, how how many Twitter see. followers do you have? Hold on. And, and, and like I, I check how many Twitter followers I have because now my my self worth is connected to it. Right. I have thirty nine thousand five hundred sixty nine. That's crazy. And says the same thing. She's like, "Why would some? Why would those people be interested in what you have to say?" You know what? That's not nice. <laughs> I my self worth is not connected to how many Twitter followers I have because if that were true, right. I would have shot myself in the face. <laughs> 
a long time ago because I have like 15 Twitter followers. No, but you I don't. Do. How do you tell how many <laughs> Facebook friends you have? You look at your friends and it gives you, shows you the number. Oh, it does? Really? Yeah. Right you can figure. Oh, here we what go. does it say? Uh, You've got to have at least 800 friends. I have then. 815 friends. Wow. Hey, how did I know that? What did I just say? you got to have 800 friends. Because <laughs> you're on my Facebook page. I'm one of the 815. You're on the page. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm on that page. So if you get off of Facebook, how am I going to stay in touch with you? Well, I think that's we a problem. A oh, that's true. And we have this. <laughs> exactly. And exactly. I'm one of your 39,000 followers on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, there are those, there, there are, you know, there are, the, if you track my productivity, there, sometimes in the middle of the day, there's this spurt of texts between us and my, yeah. my work productivity drops. I figure when I get a text from you, it's because you've been on Twitter and you found something really interesting <laughs> that you want to share, which is, you know, what I'm looking forward to. I'm and then you sent me. You sent me that article from the Miami Herald the other oh day God. about the Jeffrey Epstein thing, which oh. blew my freaking mind. Oh, my God. I was reading that I during mean, lunch. Oh, like I, I must have thing, eaten my turkey sandwich in two bites because I was just riveted by the, the incredible this insanity thing, of this. This thing is not going to go away. Oh, God, I hope not. This, this is going to take down a lot of people. Including the Secretary of Labor. What a scumbag. They're all scumbags, but this is the problem with being too wealthy and too right. powerful. That you can buy justice and this you can intimidate. He's a pedophile. He's he beyond a pedophile. Up. He had he had a a a a ring, a pedophile ring. ring. It wasn't like oh, it wasn't like oh, you know, he's got some pictures on the internet, right, and, right. you know, whatever. And, and the sex like, slip. Oh. Oh, oh, this is oh. horrible. And. And the fact is that he was so wealthy and so powerful that they were able to manipulate the justice system so you know that was justice was, was not served. Alan Dushowitz, who's one of his who lawyers. also is being accused and has been in the past of being a not a client but somebody who has partaken oh, in God. sex with underage girls. Jesus Christ! I mean, that would explain. His sycophancy for uh, the current president wasn't he involved in this too? Wasn't there allegations yep. that Trump showed up at these things in New York? Same or? with Bill Clinton. Oh my god! Which I mean, this whole thing, this is ugly, ugly. and it's going to take that, down that a was lot some of people. Pulitzer Prize winning oh level journalism. These guys did this investigation was over. We should a put year. that up on the MN Corner's Facebook page. Oh wait, yeah. you're, you're at, no. oh yeah, that's a good point. Ooh. Should we put it up on the Facebook page? I don't know. <laughs> well, we're still there. Well, we, should, right? you know, no, we, we can text it to my 815 friends and your 1,100 friends. Can we put it on MySpace? Can we put it on MySpace? Create a MySpace page. But you're right. They should win the, the uh, Pulitzer for this reporting. Yeah. It's uh, really great. Well, on a happier note, today, yes. tonight, tonight, first night of Hanukkah. A merry Hanukkah to all. Um, you know, I used to really like Hanukkah. Um, nope. Yeah, now it's all right. Because now I don't get any presents. You know, my parents did gifts till I was like 15 or 16. Then it was just like, you know, hey, happy Hanukkah. Because it really is a minor holiday. Hanukkah is bullshit. Let's be clear. And then Lauren and I got engaged. Yeah. And my mother-in-law like throws down on the good gifts. 
For and both like, of you or just for you? No, did for she, both of us. Was she like trying to buy your affection? No, no, no. Both of us. We got great gifts. Although by like the end it would trail off. I remember one year we got grapefruit spoons, which was not that cool. But, That's not that good of a gift. No, no, no. But nights one through five were awesome, right? I'd rather get nothing than And then than And now spoons. we have Maddie and Mia and my two nieces. And I get nothing. I get nothing. It's not about you. And it's Hanukkah is really not. It's yeah. I'm sorry. It's not about you. And Hanukkah is not about gifts. It's that's some bullshit right there. It was the first war for oil. (laughs) What's the first war for oil? That's really good. (laughs) Somebody said that a modern equivalent would be like if your phone was on like 10 percent battery, but it still lasted for eight days. Dude, that's that was me in Tahrir Square on January 25th, 2011. My BlackBerry was dying. And it Blackberry. Was, my Blackberry was dying and it was it 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 stayed on. I, I had a lot. It took it out of it took it out that of false dawn. I was like it was the Hanukkah of, of Blackberry batteries. I mean There you go. But let's be clear, Hanukkah is bullshit and it was sort of created commercialized in America to compete with Christmas so that right. the poor Jewish children could get gifts like you every freaking day. <laughs> But it's really, it's really about deep I have a fried very food. important question about Hanukkah. Yeah. Crucial. Yeah. yeah. Is it latke or latke? Latke. That's what I thought. People say latke. My wife people says say latke. A, what, people what? say a lot of strange things, but that's not right. doesn't make it right. doesn't make it right. Are you going to have a jelly donut? I oh, might go to not. Dunkin' Donuts and get a jelly donut. Yeah. Is it I'm going to pass on the sufganiot this year. I did run this morning. Have so have two. So have two sufganiyot. <laughs> Maybe I'll just walk in and I'll ask for two munchkin uh, jelly donuts. Jelly donuts. You know what? <laughs> just you, should go in, you should go into your local <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts and say, I would like a sufganiyot. <laughs> no, I'm just going to have, have them. Like, and two, have them, I want no. two munchkin No, jelly you have to say the word sufganiyot <laughs> at the Dunkin' Donuts and see the response. They probably look. This is this is Montgomery County, Maryland. They probably know. Listen, man. If I go downstairs, there's probably a to sign my, there that says "Come get your sufgan yogurt." If I go downstairs to my Dunkin' Donuts here on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, yeah. and I say "sufganiyat," they're gonna look at me like I sprouted a second head. What are you talking about? It's like West Israel down there. You walk I down know. Broadway, you hear Hebrew. I'm going down with my phone, and I'm going to be Facebook Live, like, Facebook, Facebook Live, and you're going to see that the people there will be like, dude, what the hell are you talking about? Dude, there's more Hebrew in your neighborhood than there is in, like, Machane Yehuda. That is true. There's so much Hebrew on the Upper West Side that sometimes I think I'm in Berlin. Oh, <laughs> 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 But I'm going to go down on Facebook. I'm going to be on Facebook Live, so everybody go on <laughs> to Facebook. Everybody go on Facebook. And I'm going to tell you, and you're going to see the reaction when I say, I want a jelly sufganiya right now. <laughs> I'll be like, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, on, right. that, on that note, we should uh, wish that, uh, Cheryl Hanukkah Sandberg note. and Mark Zuckerberg uh, a happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. And as well as all of our listeners. Even our Gentile listeners. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. We're out. We're out.